Good morning, everybody. We have a lot of children here today. We have, got a, 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 have a lot of young people here today. We have a lot of adults here today. And we thank the Lord for just everybody being here, present in the house of the Lord, worshiping Him and honoring and exalting Him. Uh, we just want to pray before we continue with the Word of God, but uh, we just want to just, again, just if you haven't felt welcome by now, we just want to just give you a warm and, uh, and uh, real, real UBC welcome here this morning. Lord bless you. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for this day and thank you for your faithfulness and uh, for your goodness toward us. And Lord, at this time of the year, many of us are facing many challenges and many, many, Lord Jesus, of us are just uh, going through some tough times. But Lord, thank you that despite all of this, you are there with us, Lord. And regardless of what the challenge is, it is not bigger than you. It is not beyond you to, Lord, just turn the whole matter around in an instant. Sometimes, Lord, you don't do that. In fact, most of the times you don't do that. And there's a process required. But, Lord, during the process, we are able, Lord Jesus, to see things from your perspective and we are able to see what you really are trying to get across to us and we honor you for that, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for everyone and what we are going through and what we are facing, the challenges, the pressures, the weariness, the tiredness this time of the year, where we feel I cannot give any more. Lord, thank you for the new strength that you provide. Thank you, Lord, for just touching our lives and making us always feel so special and so important and valuable to you. And we honor you for that. And uh, we pray, Lord, that this morning, even as we focus on your word and we continue the series in, in Colossians, Lord, we, uh, we pray that you will minister to us and you will encourage us and that we, Lord, in turn will seek to be an encouragement to one another. Bless us now, Lord, and bless your word as it comes to you. In Jesus, from you, Lord, and to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's probably a tired man saying to you and all of that, eh? but okay, that's no problem. He gives strength even to the weary, as, a, as I've just prayed. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 7 again. We, last week we focused on Tychicus. A very good name for a son. If you have, if you, if you really, if, if any one of you are going to have a son, give the son's name Tychicus. You might, you know, it makes me think of son, a cricketer. I can't, can't re, I think, where's David? David would remember his name. Tich Smith. He was a cricketer in those days. And I think David is not here. He would have remembered him. He used to play for Natal, the Banana Boys. And uh, uh, that always makes me think of, uh, you know, when I think of Tichikas, I think of this, this cricketer. He was a wicketkeeper for Natal those years. Uh, and he, you know, it was, his name was Tich. I don't know what was the correct, his correct name, but that's what they called him, you know. But uh, t uh, let's read from verses 7, and then we're also going to read from the book of Philemon this morning. Some people say Philemon, but 
Well, you will have to follow my lead this morning and just call him Philemon. All right, uh, uh, let's read from verses 7 here in uh, Colossians chapter 4. We read it last week, but we will read it again. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about us our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus and that's the one that we will be focusing on today, Onesimus. Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you, they will tell you everything that is happening here. Now let's go also at this point in time turn to Philemon. Philemon is after the book of Titus in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. Just after the book of Titus, it's a very short letter, but we're going to read it, reread from verses 17 to 25. Philemon, verses 17 to 25. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to, mention that you, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more then I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So far may God bless the reading of his precious word. And the title of the message this morning then, it's all, we must remember that our theme here for this month is making gratitude your attitude. And, uh, and this morning we're doing, is focusing on restored, making it right. Restoring relationships is difficult, period. I don't see here an amen. I don't see the heads shaking at all. So are you, are you, know, are you you're probably not in agreement with that. I'm going to re repeat that. Restoring relationships is difficult, period. <laughs> Paul models now, this morning, how it can happen. Today we will discover how to know if you are an emissary. In other words, a representative, an ambassador, a mess messenger, or a model of restoration. This passage seems like a meaningless roll call, but hidden in these greetings is an incredible story of the power of restoration. Onesimus, who Paul describes as a fa our faithful dear brother, sounds like a fellow worker with Paul, but there is more to the story. Tychicus has brought this letter to the church in Colossae. 
he probably handed it over to, to, to uh, Onesimus later when he brought this letter. He probably handed it over to, to Onesimus to hand to Philemon. But let's, he brought a letter, we know, to, Colo- to the church of Colossae, yes? A letter for the church in Laodicea and also a letter to a Christian man in Colossae named Philemon which is going to shed more light on just who this Onesimus is. Do you know two people? Let's start there already. Do you know two people who are not in the right relationship with one another at this present moment? (laughs) But you are in a right relationship with both of them. Can you think of a situation like that? This is a message about how to bring restoration to relationships around you. You've heard that, and I will repeat it, and it's good to repeat, to to, to be repetitive at times. Paul is mediating a rift between two believers, Philemon, a wealthy man who Paul led to Christ while visiting Ephesus, and Onesimus, Philemon's runaway slave, who Paul has recently led to Christ in prison in Rome. Paul had just sent Onesimus back. How do you like that? Send him back. He didn't compromise. He sent him back to Philemon to make things right with him. And you know, and the amazing thing is, when he sent him back, he sent him back with a letter. And Tychicus was there alongside Philemon with the letter. This was probably one of the most powerful and most personal letters that Paul has written. That is why it is recorded in Scripture. The sermon reveals here this morning how broken people, again, there we go, are made whole. And the part that we play in the process And the first thing that is revealed here, and the first point I want to make, it is about putting yourself in between them. You become a mediator. You know, when I was doing, studying conflict transformation and management, this was the main thing that we focused on was, was, uh, was, uh, was, uh, was mediator mediation and being a a mediator and so forth. But it's putting yourself in between them. Paul put himself in between two people in conflict. Have you ever done that? He cared for both. He took what he stood for into this broken situation and he walked it out. I want to say this to you here this morning. Hurting people penetrate all walks of life. They are those people who we characterize as having hit bottom or made a mistake or took a wrong turn. Their offense can range from minor to the greatest. Isn't it true? Others are not hurting, listen to this, because of something they have done personally, but because circumstances changed and they got caught in the crossfire of a situation that they are not responsible for. Have you been there? 
I'm sure you can identify with that, eh? Caught in the crossfire of a situation that you have not been responsible for, but you should find yourself in the situation. And know what ons theory don't work. We've got to work through the thing, eh? And this is what, uh, what happened here. And then, of course, there are still others who are hurting because they've become entangled with the wrong company. They entangle themselves with the wrong company, and that's why they find themselves where they are. Now, this letter reminds us that Christianity, that you hear that Christianity, being a child of Christ, has the power to heal hurting hurts, or hurt, hurting hearts. What's happening to me today? Eh? It's a tired man speaking today. Now I'm only joking. It's heal hurting hearts and put those people back on their feet again. And you, you and I can be the link to that power. The link to that power this morning. And Proverbs, I love the verse in Proverbs 3.23 which says when you have an opportunity, and I'm paraphrasing it, to good, do good to someone who deserves it. And you have the power to do so. To act. Do it. But now I want to say this. If I think of the Apostle Paul here, he acts. He does something immediately. And when I think of this, maybe this link of power, I'm, I'm thinking of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29, which says he, he in, what does he do? He increases the strength of the weary. If you're weary this morning, he increases the strength of the weary. And what? He gives power. Gives power that is needed to those who are weak and feel weak. He gives power to the weak, in other words. That's what it says there. But where are we now? Am I still with you? Are you still with me? Or, or have, have I lost you somewhere along the way? <laughs> I, when I think of the Apostle Paul here, the, this letter reminds us, as I said, and I want to repeat that, that Christianity has the power to heal hurting hearts and put those people back on their feet again. And you and I, can be the link of that power. I just wanted to repeat that again. He approached it, in fact, the Apostle Paul, he approached it from two angles. First, Paul approached it from the angle of his relationship with Philemon. And you can read there in the book of Philemon, he says, he spoke about the fact that they were partners. He says, they were truly partners and teammates that shared one faith in Christ and one mission. And secondly, Paul approached it from Onesimus' new relationship to Philemon. He said to Philemon, receive him as you would receive me. How, what did you do there if somebody writes a letter to you like that? Receive him as you would receive me. Welcome him with open arms as if I were there. Or I was there instead. Paul gets involved in this situation here, in this relationship. He stands in the middle. He puts his arms around Onesimus. He puts his arms around Philemon. He brings them together. 
poor becomes an in-betweener. Ever been an in-betweener? And when you become an in-betweener, it puts your relationship at risk. Because you know both sides of the story, isn't it true? Now you don't have to tell me anything about that. You know, as a pastor, that's what, you know, as a, as a pastoral couple, that is what we deal with all the time when it comes to interpersonal relationships among people and families and all of that. You know both sides. And you know what? You cannot be biased. You cannot, you cannot be prejudiced. You've got to be level-headed. And you know, it's amazing how God comes and God gives wisdom during those times. We often distance ourselves from hurting people when we should not hurt, distance ourselves from them. Sometimes we feel we don't want to get involved, but sometimes the Lord says get involved, become part of this person's life. Walk the road with this person. And that's what the Apostle Paul was prepared to do. You see, often when the faltering need, when they need love, acceptance, encouragement, and help, the most, they are shunned. Isn't that true? How often have you, when you're at your lowest and you feel so hurt and so disappointed, how often have you and I been shunned? This should not be. It is at those times they truly need the support and affirmation of others. When last have you affirmed others? Often we are on the receiving end of, uh, of affirmation, but we don't return that and affirm others as well. Onesimus, the slave, had stolen. He betrayed his master, and he ran from him as well. But while running, and I always say this is when I'm on the run and I don't want to deal with something, while running from his master, Onesimus met up with Paul. And Paul led him to the Lord. How do you like that? It's often when we run, we somehow run into the Lord. The Lord uses someone or he uses some situation in order for us to run into him. <laughs> While running from his master, that's what happened to Onesimus. He ran into the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul led him to the Lord. And Paul says, this man went from useless to useful. I ask you this morning, are you useful to the Lord? Or do you want to be useful? Do you know someone that is running from the Lord this morning? Do you know someone who looks like they are going in the wrong direction? What are you doing about it? Are you saying, ah, I'm not getting involved yet? I often say this, you know, sometimes we say we don't want to get involved and then the Holy Spirit just convicts us and they said, now Alan, you just get involved there and you come alongside this person. And but Lord, I don't have the words to say, I don't know what to do, how do I go about Helping this person, Lord says, go ahead and you will see what will happen. 
and often we are surprised by the by the wisdom that the Holy Spirit gives us at that point in time when we have to deal with whatever. But undoubtedly, in the natural, Philemon was probably angry, and, he, and it was good, and it was right for him to be angry with his thieving, rebellious, runaway slave. Yet Paul says here that God has a way of turning these things around. You can read the Philemon. Paul says, the Lord has a way of turning things around. That is why the Lord allowed him to leave you, Philemon. Lord has a way of turning things around. If he stayed, it would have gotten, gotten worse. He needed to have left. Onesimus had left then as a slave, but now we returned as a son of the Most High God. Isn't that wonderful? He was a slave before, but now he returns as the son of the Most High God. Do you have to go to anyone this morning and put things right? Onesimus had to go and put things right with Philemon. How do you react when someone offends you? How have you been reacting? But secondly, when we think about this whole restoring and making it right, it's not only about putting yourself in between them, it's also about shouldering their debt. Did you hear that? Shouldering their debt. <laughs> Paul went on to say, if Onesimus has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge it to my account. Would you do that? Charge it to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. In essence, Paul said, no matter what Onesimus owes you, I've got it covered by Lehman. I'm good for this. Trust me. I will make it happen. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He was willing to pay for whatever Onesimus stole or whatever fractured their relationship. He was willing to pay for it. Whatever it cost, he was willing to pay for it. Do you find people like that today? Do you find people like that? He was willing to pay. That was the Apostle Paul. Eh? No matter what the cost, he was willing to pay. Onesimus took responsibility, though, for his son by coming to Philemon. But he did not have the means to repay what he owed. He was a slave. He had nothing before him. Now he's a son. Everything was his master's. All that Onesimus had was what Tychicus handed to him. We're not even reading into scripture there. Was what he held in his hand. The letter and Paul's promise to shoulder the debt. <laughs> I don't know if you find, do you find people like that? Is that? It sounds so unreal eh? 
And yet there are people like, we still have people like that. In this world today, you still have people like that. That's what Paul did. Eh? And uh, all that he held was the promise to shoulder the dead. The letter was his, I owe you to Philemon. I owe you. Have you ever gone to people and said, I owe you. I owe you an apology. This is what I owe you. Paul took more than the financial or legal debt. He also took upon himself the emotional debt, the hurt, the pain, the damage, the betrayal. He took it all upon himself. That was an immense burden to bear. I want to say this. When you do something like this, you are bearing the weight of the burden on your shoulders. And you are saying with intensity, I am prepared to do this for you. That's how far I'm prepared to go. You see, restoration takes you to the place of shame. The shame of others, you bear it. Restoration takes you to the place of pain. The pain of others, you are willing to bear it. In fact, restoration takes you to the place of death. Where you die to self. You die to what you want and what you feel should be done. Takes you to the place of death. Eh? You and I had a debt we could not pay. Can you remember that? Do you still think about that? Jesus stepped in between and paid it. He took in everything. He stood in your place. He was rejected and despised. He took your pain and suffering. He took the eternal consequences for your sin. Jesus puts your debt on his account. Today he does it again. Puts it on his account. He shouldered the debt that you owed him. And he says to the, to the Father on, on your behalf, he or she no longer owes you. He or she no longer owes you. I paid it fully on the cross. Receive him or her as you would receive me. Let him or her come into the family circle. We humans have a great ability to recall old injustices, isn't it true? Dig up insignificant slights and reopen old wounds. We tend to be unforgiving and unforgetting. The reality is often summed up in the poignant statement that is made today. Christianity is the only army that shoots its wounded. How many of us have done that to one another? 
But you see, brothers and sisters, the gospel is the good news to start over. Did you hear that? It's good news to start over. You start over. The gospel is the good news of a new beginning. A brand new beginning. Jonah, the one who disobeyed God and pursued his own course, was given another chance. Peter, the one who denied Jesus, was later reinstated for service in the master's business. Not the fishing business, but the master's business. Paul, the one who attacked and persecuted the Christian community, was granted a new lease on life to further the cause of Christ and to advance his gospel globally. given a new start. How about you and I this morning? What's been happening in your life? Lord wants to give you a new start this morning. You can begin again with him. See, forgiveness means to release and cancel a debt in order to provide an opportunity for repentance, reconciliation, and a brand new start. How do you like that? <laughs> I love the Lord Jesus Christ so much. At my worst, when I failed him more than I would ever fail him, he steps in and gives me a brand new start. He steps in and wraps his arms around me and loves me even more than I could ever imagine. But how could I not serve him? How could I not give my all to him? How could I not give him my very best when he has done so much for me and means so much to me? I don't know what needs to be really you need to be released of this morning. I don't know what needs to be cancelled in your life. Come to Jesus this morning, lay it all at his feet. No matter what the brokenness is that you are dealing with. No matter how deep the hurt and the wound this morning, Jesus is ready to give you a brand new start. But then the final thing I want to uh, focus on here, it's about touching their future. You know, this man, Paul, you know, when we think of Philemon and we think of Onesimus, it's about touching their future. I'm so filled with gratitude that I want to touch the, the future of others. A high school teacher killed in an explosion adopted a motto, and this was a motto, it's a secular thing, but I, I, I found it very interesting. And this was it. I touch the future, I teach. She was a teacher. I touch the future, I teach. <laughs> that statement is true for every person, good or bad. Did you hear that? As we bring healing to wounded hearts, we touch their future by giving them hope for a new tomorrow. Are you touching someone's future this morning? We restore their dignity 
by acknowledging their importance. Philemon had Onesimus' future in his hands. You must remember that. He had Onesimus' future in his hands. By law, he could have him executed, or as a believer, he could restore him to an exalted place of brotherhood and service. What would Philemon do? What do you think he did? Forgive and restore? Or reject him? My question to you is here this morning. What would you do? What would you do? What does a future contributor do? You're a future contributor. You contribute to someone else's future. Each one of us, right here this morning, we are contributing to someone else's future. We're adding something to their lives, to their destiny. A future contributor restores one's spirit. When I talk about one's spirit, one's inner being restores it. Galatians 6 verse 1 speaks about gently restoring others. The word restore was used to describe the mending of a fisherman's net. Can you remember that? I've mentioned it before. In order to be used the next day. It communicates the idea of putting people back together in, uh, into how can I put it up? Into back together, and I'm going to use the word again, into useful shape. Two intos, that is fine today. You understand what I mean. Have you ever put someone back into a workable or a usable shape again? It reminds people when we think of restoration, it reminds people how valuable they are to God and where he has placed them for such a time as this. Restoring the spirit of a person. Restoring the nature of a person. Restoring the inner dimensions of a person. It's deep. what we as brothers and sisters are called to do every day of our lives. It's a huge responsibility, brothers and sisters, when we restore the futures of others, when we touch their future in a significant way. For many hurting people, you may be the person who can turn their life around by offering them today forgiveness and a hopeful future. This letter reminds us that Christianity has the power to heal hurting hearts and to repair broken people, putting them back on their feet. You heard it earlier, but I have to repeat it. Repeat it. We like Onesimus were disobedient and useless servants. You must remember Onesimus, Onesimus means useful. He was, a, he was not useful before, but now he's useful. But by God's grace and forgiveness, we became useful again to him, the church, and to his kingdom. While Paul sealed the promise with his signature. Can you remember earlier he said, I'm, I'm signing this. Christ sealed it with what? with his blood. 
sealed it with his blood. These final verses show us how to encourage, motivate, follow up, and ultimately trust God with the results. We are going to trust God with the results. We cannot do anything once we've been involved in people's lives. Restoration cannot be forced. All you can be is faithful. Did you hear that? Faithful. Paul has confidence that Philemon will not only do what is right, but that he will do even more than expected of him. Confident in what God can do through the obedience of Philemon. It is possible that the Spirit of God this morning has put someone or more people on your mind that, that are in need of restoration today. It could be your fellow workers, your colleagues, your friends, family members. It could be your parents if they are still alive. You may be the only ambassador, the only representative that God has put and brought into their lives to help them make things right. Will you put yourself in between them today? Would you be willing to shoulder their burdens, their debt? Well, we speak, spoke about their debt, what they owe others, probably what they owe you. Will you trust God to touch their future, making it right? So that others in the ages to come would be a living, visible witness of God's amazing grace. That's all we want to share with you this morning. Pray that others will be a living, visible witness of God's amazing grace because of you coming alongside them, encouraging them, restoring them. You and I have a huge responsibility. If your heart is filled with gratitude this morning, toward the Lord, that is what you would want to do for others as well. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. You're always ready, Lord, to give us a new start. No one, no one is written off by you, Lord. You do not overlook anybody. You see what no one else can see. You know what no one else knows about us. You are aware of everything. This morning, Father, we bring our brokenness. We bring our pain. We bring our shattered, shattered life feels like there's no future for us. We bring it all before you. And I ask you, Father, to put it all together. Piece by piece.
piece, one piece after another, as you restore us and make us powerful blessings in your kingdom. We worship you, Lord. We honor you this morning. Amen.